Hey everybody, welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. I would like to introduce my co-host at this time, the reluctant managing editor of the site, Mr. Al Manorino. Brother, and I mean that in the most sincere way possible, how you doing, pal? I'm great, Bill. How are you? Good, and I feel like today you're drinking an old York wine cellar vintage. What are you drinking tonight? Um, it is a uh, old York uh, peach. It is one of their dessert wines. I've had it, I think, maybe a podcast or two ago. Last um, week with our esteemed comic book editor, Rachel Freeman, you yes. did have the peach. I During this quarantine, which I feel like we don't stress enough is happening i don't know if anyone else in the world is like going through what we're going through but apparently there's like a quarantine or whatever so bro uh, well in the northeast there's definitely one. Oh, of course uh but the quarantine uh we a few of my friends and i started a quarantine beer pong league that we do uh once a week we do them on friday nights and since we record this on saturdays i don't like to drink uh beer uh, like multiple nights in a row because I've been trying to like eat better and lose weight and get healthy. So the wine is my excuse alcohol for for the podcasting, basically. If you've been now, we're on. I think I think we're on episode seven, eight. Uh, no, not that eight? far. We're not that far. Yocho. Uh, I'm gonna check. You you know what? For once, you do the research, pal. I will. And, uh, this episode, we are we are graced Not by yet. our guest. His name is Rob Crother. Not the first, not the second, not the third, but the fourth. Rob Crother, host and creator of the Bob Culture Podcast, senior writer for thepopbreak.com. Brother, I have been a guest on your podcast numerous times. Welcome to our podcast. This is awesome, and uh, Mr. Bill Bodkin and Al, thank you for having me. You know, in the podcast world, much like Thanos, I am inevitable. And uh, <laughs> Gentlemen, no, honestly, thank you for having me. Bill, like I said, you're a pillar of the BCP. Always glad to have you and your knowledge. Al, I'm a big fan of yours, uh, especially your Blink-182 photos on thepopbreak.com. Got to get those shameless plugs out of the way. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Super stoked. It, it's almost like he's done like a hundred episodes of a podcast before. It's true. Now, for and, any, uh, any back, so a little background on Rob for a second here. Uh-oh. So Rob is a, a a different type of writer for thepopbreak.com. Rob was actually featured on thepopbreak.com before he became a writer because he was in a band that played in the local Jersey Shore music scene. And I, I wrote about them in, through some interviews that Rob set up. And, uh, you know, Rob's always been a guy we, we've worked with throughout the years. And I, I want to say a year ago, you came onto the site and like that, like the Thanos snap, probably close to 200 <laughs> articles probably, has had me on his podcast numerous times, usually under the influence talking about wrestling, where I say things that, you know, if I ever wanted a career in wrestling, would totally regret. And if anyone's wondering, I've been barbecuing today, got a new griddle, so obviously the Jameson has been flowing. And, um, you know, it's it's a good day. I did some bacon. I did some burgers. It's been a wonderful day. 
And hey, it's it's the beginning of May. We had a nice sunny day after a week of rain. A rain. Let's talk some pop culture. And and what way to talk, start pop culture? We're talking about Rob dropping recipes on Facebook that me, you, me, Al, and Rob have been talking about the chewy cakes from Disney. And uh, Al, basically, you called me out and said if I didn't make them, I would not long no longer be on this podcast. Yeah, I don't know why you're actually here right now. Because well, um, I mean, I'm the only one who does research and puts the podcast together. Maybe. Well, <laughs> fair. But two things. One, I don't think you could do a podcast sober. And two... No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting I think for I the, did the, the, I want one to... solo podcast by myself, and I was not drinking. Uh, that was the 10-year anniversary podcast. Although, that could be totally a lie. I might have been drinking. Yeah, you probably were drinking. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the, the, the first segment, which is usually, seriously... What the fuck? What the actual fuck? And this seriously what the fuck is, um, it's, it's a big one, guys, because this week it was revealed that Trolls World Tour, which was released, which originally was going to be a simultaneous theatrical and VOD slash PPV release, uh, which turned out just to be solely a VOD and PPV release, Grossed over one hundred million dollars, and the uh, head of AMC Theaters was like, "Guess what, Universal Studios? Uh, we're not gonna play your movies anymore because of so many uh, legal things." Al, I'm gonna actually have you fill in a little bit of this because. Again, I've been grilling and drinking since four o'clock. <laughs> but yeah, but they've been talking about and Regal Cinemas also joined in upon on this conversation where there was they're like, hey, we're not gonna do this because of certain things. And once you talk about the particulars, Rob, you and I are gonna be talking about the future of viewing movies. So uh, Al, if you don't mind filling us in. Yeah, so, yeah, for the uh, Trolls World Tour made uh, $100 million in its first three weeks of being uh, available on demand. Uh, Bill, you were one of the people who contributed to that. Yes, I did. I I did uh, purchase the film upon the actual release date, uh, which was a Friday, right before Easter. And uh, I wrote the review on thepopbreak.com. Yeah, and the, you know... For for movie theaters, um, for since the dawn of time, or since as long as we've had movie theaters, uh, they're the distribution model, right? So you know, Universal makes the films, and then they get the theaters to basically show the films all over the country. You know, when they when they say something like, you know, Endgame was shown on three thousand screens, that's because they were shown with AMC theaters and Regal Cinemas and Cinema uh, Cinemark or whatever. So they're all over. Um, and usually they take uh, a like percentage of the box office, and the longer the movies in theaters, the 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 more money the distributor gets, right? So with this new model, that's not happening because uh, nope. right now all theaters are basically closed. I know some are starting to reopen a little bit, but uh, they get what like twenty percent or something like that. I, that I don't it's, know. it's strange, but <laughs> basically. Universal releasing um, Trolls World Tour, making $100 million. I think they get like 
percent of that, and I think twenty percent went to like the marketing. So like, that's great profit like, margins. And I could tell you, as someone who with a five year old who is often on kids' channels, Trolls World Tour through FiOS is marketed. At least you see a trailer through FiOS or through Universal uh, or whomever. At least once or twice an hour. There is a ton of marketing that went into this, for sure. Yeah, and you know, I think one of the first things when when they announced uh, when AMC was the first one that basically said like, you know, this is this is bullshit, and uh, we're we're not going to show Universal movies anymore because of um, how they are treating the the theaters that have made them billions and billions of dollars over the years. Um, the first thing I thought of is I'm like. There's no way Dom Toretto is going to let that happen because we're not seeing Fast 9 VOD. Like, it's well, going to be in theaters. The movie theaters, as well as the rest of the globe, are living their lives a quarter mile at a time. That's right. <laughs> you could That's never right. not say that goddamn quote. Ever. Oh, no, it's the, it's the best. It's, it's By the way, Hobson Shaw, I saw during quarantine on HBO. Super fun. It's such an awesome movie. Um, Rob, have you Rob, seen that? No, I'll probably watch it with Pops, though. Bro, I mean, yeah. I know you're a wrestling fan. The Rock, everything about it, so much fun right now. Oh, man. Uh, but, but Rob, you know, you're you're like me. Me, me and you are a, a hardcore Facebook friends, uh, and we <laughs> like we have a lot of the same interests. Um, I know you're, you're probably a big uh, moviegoer as well as, you know, me and Bill. Uh, Bill, not so much, but but he'll catch it up. Sorry, guys, I don't get a lot of babysitting. I know, totally, bros. Like uh, you know, call me Earl Hebner because I'll call it right down the middle here. Maybe not the best example. Doesn't get that reference, by the way. I don't. Uh, (laughs) Truly don't. No, but um, so my first job was uh, a movie theater, Middlebrook, uh, over in Ocean Township. You know, another theater that is closed. That that place means the world to me. I still have lifelong friends from that place. I remember like carrying the literal movies, like the canisters of the film up the stairs, you know, so I get it, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched that place close down. But right now we're living in a crazy time. You know, that doesn't need to be said. Um, nobody knows what the answer is. Nobody knows what the future is. I think there with most things, there's a compromise. There's a happy medium here. Obviously, movie theaters aren't open right now um, or in my mind shouldn't be in certain places. Right. But uh, we don't know when that is going to end. We don't have the answers. It's question mark, question mark, question mark. So if uh, Trolls comes out, I think that's just like such a great example. I'm glad like that is the example we're working with because everyone I know that has kids, Bill, you touched on this earlier, is saying, yo, we watch Trolls all the time. And if we're stuck in quarantine, can't go out, we need something for the kids to do. Um Trolls is like the perfect movie. So I can look at it from both sides. Like, you know, like you said, like um, Black Widow's not going to come out on VOD. Like, I get it. You know, hold off. We don't know what the future holds. Um, these theaters are closing down. They're suffering right now, but it's not like they'd be in business now anyway. So let's not just like jump to conclusions here. Let's kind of weather this storm and, and figure yeah. things out. You know, I think the kids' movies might make a little bit more sense right now for VOD, regardless of the company, whatever's going on. Uh, but like the big Marvel movies, the big Fast and the Furious, whatever it may be, you know, maybe we wait a little longer before we jump to these conclusions. Yeah, I mean, and you can't blame Universal for trying to make their money, you know? Yeah. Uh, they they could have they easily 
uh, did what Marvel and Disney are doing and pushing movies back and all the Pixar movies um, have been pushed and, and the Marvel movies, like you said, Black Widow, and it screws up their entire timeline. You know, they have to everything's going to get pushed in that sense. And it's even going to affect the, the Disney Plus stuff, too, because it's all connected, which is yeah. great. Yes, true. Yeah. But new mutants online. Exactly. But the the but you can see it from the theater standpoint too. Like I I think on an episode of the show I talked about how great it was for AMC. I'm a AMC um Stubbs Stubbs member yeah, or the okay. Stubbs. Or a the Stubbs yeah. is Stubbs. the Stubbs is the free one. And then oh. there's like the, there's the one that you pay like twenty a month and you can see like three movies a week. Yeah, this that's is oh, Stubbs. A-list, A-list or something. Thank you. So like I, I'm an A-list member, and the great thing about what happened during the pandemic from, from that standpoint was I got a notification saying, like, hey, listen, your account has been frozen. We're not charging you because our theaters are closed. Yeah. I didn't have to I didn't have to, you know, call them. I didn't have to do anything. Like that was a great move on their part. Um, they're losing revenue by the minute like crazy crazy money so a hundred percent yeah so the you know it's not like universal can say well hey we're gonna bring this to vod and let's throw the theaters a bone because they've always been there for us i mean it's how does that even work like there's no way that they could have done that the only only thing they can do is just hold the movie not release it and i think that's a missed opportunity because you know soph enjoyed it you know oh, all kids Kids around the world who were stuck indoors with parents who were basically using the TV as their babysitters. I mean, they were happy that they had something and new to show. And also think about like the the price point here. So I pay twenty dollars. Oh yeah. Think about me, I'm going in with myself, my wife, and my daughter. That is more than twenty dollars, and that's not con- sure. and that's not considering concessions. We're just yeah. talking movie price here. That's more than twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're getting a deal here. So the fact that this made $100 million is a lot. Now, now Trolls 2 World, or Trolls World Tour, or with Trolls 2, whatever you want to call it, it's not exactly on the same level as the first Trolls movie. And I can, I can easily say that as seeing both movies. But it's, that's a lot of money. And I know that, like, it probably would have made more, but you can't hold these movies back. So it's going to be very interesting, and I want to see what you guys think about this, is the future of movies. Now, the uh, head of Universal was saying, hey, we're thinking maybe there's going to be this thing we're going to be doing, releasing in theaters and releasing on VOD at the same time. What do you think? How is this how is this all gonna play out? Because like let's think about where we are as a society right now. Let's say quarantine post quarantine, we've got a vaccine. Let's take it actually pre quarantine, how people were viewing stuff. Do you think people would be open for a VOD and theater, theatrical simultaneous release uh rob i'm gonna start with you first 
Yeah, so I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Like yes. I said, I kind of think there is a compromise. Is this the answer? We don't know yet. Like it, like you said, where are we as a society? You know, as of this recording, we kind of cracked the door open a little bit. This is the first time I went to the park and I shot around. I stayed away from everybody. I brought a mask, but I got to shoot the ho- some hoops for the first time in 40-something days. Uh, so that's kind of a, a step forward, you know? Were you, were uh, you pretending to be a member of the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Vince Carter, so technically New Jersey Nets, but uh, that's I the correct answer. That is yeah. the correct <laughs> answer because goddamn <laughs> Kevin Durant should have signed with the Knicks, not the Brooklyn oh. Nets. But you know, there I'm glad is. you guys wasted a year. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Um, but I think it's tricky, man, because like again, it's question mark, question mark, question mark. Like it depends. Obviously, health is first and foremost. Um, if we are able to open the theaters a little bit, I mean, that's going to be the answer to everything. If there is like kind of a middle ground where we can make everybody happy, where we do have the theaters that are open, able to play the movie and for places that aren't uh, in quarantine. Like I had interviewed someone uh, for the site, Bill, who's in Colorado, and she had said, yeah, like everything's opening up tomorrow. And so it might be a different story in Colorado, whereas we're in New Jersey, where we just kind of cracked the door open a little bit today. So maybe in Colorado, you're playing... Uh, you know, you're having movies in the theater, whereas here, you know, we're having them on video on demand. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone knows what the answer is, but I think with most things in life, there's there's a happy medium. And, and we just got to kind of cross these bridges as we as we get there. Look at, look at Rob, the oftentimes host giving killer answers. That's right. Yes, Rob. Uh, Al? Yeah, I think this the simultaneous um, release is probably the the best bet moving forward because you're going to still have people who are scared to go outside or or um, hesitant to go back into a crowded movie theater to go okay. see the the big budget film. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of movies have already been announced um, that are going to go straight to VOD that you would have normally have seen on a summer box office kind of. Uh, some, a, a big screen, if For you will. Example, like, we're going to talk about something you and I have talked about, which was uh, King of Staten Island. Yes. With Pete Davidson, yeah. directed by Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow movies often make bank. Yeah. Seth Rogen, American Pickle, going to HBO Max. Was that something that was going to a theater first? It was. It was. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Seth Rogen, you know, I, I mean, heard a bunch about it. It was going to theaters. Seth you're, Rogen, you're, man, he's he's not a guy who often goes to direct to video. No, unless you are the um, the interview. Well, I mean, that was like sort of national security involved. Yeah. So I mean, I was still working at uh, the polling company we both worked at when we were talking about that. I remember I tried pitching that to the managing editor. He's like, "This isn't important." I'm like, bro, bro, it's so pretty important. important. Um, and then we're talking and Scoob, you know, if we're talking uh, kids films like that's a no brainer. Scoob is but- a huge movie. And I know well, I'm going to be buying that. Yeah. Like um, Zoinks. 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 Yeah. But, you know, that's a movie that I would have gladly went and uh, saw by myself because my wife would be like, why are you seeing this? Jinkies. <laughs> Jinkies, Al. You're going to go see that movie by yourself? Oh, yeah. I would say with my Stubbs uh, membership or A-list or whatever. That's um, like the saddest story of this podcast. So sad. But like, think, I think, love you. But... Think about the way movies are going to be advertised now, right? So all these VOD films, right. they're not going to be taking it to the streets and doing like the viral marketing and uh, doing big billboards and subway ads and stuff because guess what? No one's there, 
right? So the money uh, that they put billboards, maybe, but I'm saying, like, yes, yeah. Um, but I mean, New York just decided to start cleaning subways this week. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It really is crazy. Really is crazy. Like, I I saw a tweet from just not not to go off. By topic, the way, but I Rob, saw, this is how this podcast goes. Yeah, a lot of tangents. Very off topic, but New Jersey, the official NJ Gov Twitter, which is a, like a very rogue Twitter, by the way. Like, yes, that's an amazing great. follow. They did that like meme with like the little rabbit holding up a sign, and it says, "State parks are now open. Don't fuck this up. Practice social distancing." Which, by the way, shout out to our local yeah. community, Asbury Park, who uh, NJ.com tweeted out. Did a A plus job of social distancing. That's excellent. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Like, and I saw the photo. There was more than six feet away from people, like on the beach. I I think I think this summer is going to be a testament to like what is going to happen, right? So there are still summer movies that haven't been pushed. I I'm guessing. Uh, I, I I don't know. Man. I, Maybe there has to be movies in theaters at this at some point this year, because otherwise it's going to be a very strange uh, back half of 2020. Because 2020 we know a lot of fucked from the jump. For a pop, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I mean, we did a deep dive into exactly, the uh, to live events a couple episodes ago with uh, Anthony Toto. Two episodes ago, yeah. Two episodes ago. That's why I said a couple. Come on, <laughs> hey, what are you doing I'm here? Just like, I'm giving a reference for the people. The, sure. like, less than 100 people who listen to this episode. Very true. Um, but, yeah, I, it really will it, it really will depend on uh, this summer what what the future might hold for um, something that has been in the, the in, like, the the general atmosphere of movie watching for years now is, like, mm-hmm. will everything just be streaming, like, soon? Like, will theaters matter? Will we see will we see these tentpole films uh, coming to uh, VOD a lot sooner? Um, right. You know, a Disney Plus moved Artemis Fowl, which was like a big kids movie, mm. a big uh, book adaptation. It oh, listen, I know it does not look good, but it's it looks like it, it looks really bad. But that was a very popular book. It's got I think Kenneth oh, was... directed it too. Who is that? Ah, the guy who did Thor and um, mm. like other shit. Oh, kind of broad, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the book was as someone who worked in the, worked in a bookstore for a yeah. number of years. Artemis Fowl was a huge book. Yeah, so that that's going straight to Disney Plus. Scoob's going to VOD. One of the biggest comedies of the summer, um, and a slash a Judd Apatow movie, his first since Trainwreck, uh, is now going VOD. So also um, uh, Camille Nagiani and Issa Rae. Their comedy lovebirds going right to Netflix. Yeah, so I think you're going to see the the, the mid budget yeah comedy is going to just automatically go VOD day in. So how many people are going to say, huh? Well, this new Marvel movie. Let's just say, what's the new Marvel movie that's going to be next? Black Widow. Yeah. Why would I want to pay? X amount of dollars to go to my local cinema to watch. I can sit my ass at home on my big screen TV with the popcorn I've paid less for, with the M&Ms I paid less for, with the beverages I paid less for, and just watch it there. Will this change 
was this a wrestling reference, Rob? A paradigm shift of I want to watch cinema at home as opposed to movie, as opposed to in cinema, which has been a very big concern for the movie theater chains for a, for like at least two to the last two to three years. Mm-hmm. So Rob, I'm going to start so, so with you like- first. Like, is this? Are we seeing the shift from we want to see movies in theaters to we just want to watch our movies at home because it's a hell of a lot easier and so, maybe even cheaper. So this is saying hypothetically, if we had the option of either, everything's, everything's good and, and safe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, first of all, I still feel really, really bad to this day for my first job charging people five dollars for goobers. So I get it. Um, <laughs> but what can I do, man? I don't make the rules. I just work here, right? But <laughs> it's like clerks. Um, great. Oh, oh dude. So good. Dude, uh, totally. Um, so we did the Avengers, uh, first part of the Avengers Endgame watch along, shameless plug for the BCP, uh, last night. And we were talking about the theater reactions for the Marvel movies. And I'm sure a lot of you guys saw them posting, like, when, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Endgame, but um, you guys saw Endgame. Right? I did. So, uh, Cap picks up the hammer, and you see the theater reaction. Oh, and like uh, the guys were telling me on the watch along, they saw it the Thursday night it released. I had seen it the Sunday it released last year, and you know I just tried to avoid spoilers. I knew one thing going in, and I was like, ah. But um, just having that crowd reaction and that opening night, and they said like even certain parts there were like audible gasps in the crowd. Um, I remember uh, my cousin Tim talking about uh, again. Spoiler alert: Han Solo getting killed, like an audible gasp. Like, so I get like the whole movie going experience. Like, I'm about it, especially again hypothetically. You know, the doors open up a little bit. I really feel like businesses are going to be booming, places are going to be flowing. Like, uh, I think the local band scene is going to come back. I'm going a little off topic here, but I just think people are going to embrace it so much more. Hopefully, businesses will recover and be booming from it. Again, I try to keep it very positive. Um, Having the ability to watch these movies in your home, like I get it, you don't have to pay five dollars for the goobers, but um, it's it's going to be all about the experience. When things, I'm just real talk here. When things open up, everyone's going to be out the door. Once things are like a hundred percent safe, or there's a cure or vaccine, or it's eradicated, whatever it is. Again, all hypothetically speaking, I think everyone's going to be out and about. You know, wearing their Thor costume, the fat Thor, whatever it is. Uh, to the theater, getting ready for these movies. So, I am in reality, that. I think that's going to happen. What's that? Technically, I am Fat Thor. Not true. <laughs> Not true. P H A T. Anyway, keep going. Oh, <laughs> derail no. the fucking conversation. You're good. Well, You're good. And it's funny because Rob said basically the exact same thing I was going to say. Like when yeah. I, I mean, seeing that moment in Endgame and being reminded of it uh, on Twitter. I think uh, it was the anniversary, the one year yes, anniversary when Endgame came out. Um, I remember that. Like, I'll never forget. I mean, how I don't go fuck, but I mean, like, yeah. Crazy the theater went. Like, it was nothing. It was the best theater experience I've ever had in my life. It really wow. was. Yeah. It, because right. there was never a moment yeah. like that for me. Like, I remember the first, I remember seeing avengers the the first avengers movie and i think the the when the hulk uh took loki by the leg and just started smacking yeah. him around that's when the theater w- like went nuts of like laughter and i've been in theaters where like really funny movies like like with 
big funny scene. Bridesmaids, for example, is like a great sure. example. An awesome theater experience. Nothing compares to Endgame with that moment. And there's tons of moments like that in Endgame. Nothing compares to that to any other experience I've ever had. And I would miss that so much. But would I miss seeing Logan Lucky on like a Wednesday with three people in the theater? No. Like I could see that at home. So that's what I mean. So it's the like these economics of it all is weird. Yeah. Because it's like if you're a major studio and you have major money into a film like Black Widow, are you gonna give up the theatrical receipts and then of the VOD, which of people who are like your return viewers, as well as the people who've never seen it before. So if you've gone to me and say, "Okay, Bill Bodkin, you spend twenty dollars on tickets to see Black Widow," and now you love it so much, you're gonna spend another ten bucks on it. I got another ten bucks out of you. Like I can't see. Uh, studios passing up on that. Now, they're doing for it. Example, they're doing it already. Yeah, they're doing it already. You just rented a movie for forty-eight hours for twenty bucks. Guess what? Soph liked it so much. He's like, I want to see it again. You're like, well, you got to wait for it to come out on Blu-ray, and then you're paying another twenty dollars to see it. You already right. spent forty bucks but to I see mean, that like, movie. You're gonna get. Yeah, I, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, but you know what? You're you're explaining is the theater. Yeah. I, uh, the theater is getting is getting the the person that's going to come and go see Avengers three times yes. is going to buy popcorn maybe or two out of those three times. Yeah, you're, because you're exactly. making like say you're spending twenty dollars on tickets, you're spending fourteen on popcorn and soda and candy. Yeah, yeah. listen, a couple years ago, I mean, it's probably it's they've been doing this for a long time, but like I know AMC specifically and Regal does stuff like this too, where when Avengers came out, they said, listen, come back every Sunday. We're going to give you a new poster. The reason being is because the longer that movie stays in theaters, the yep. more money they make. Not be, literally the percentage changes because if they're keeping it in their theater and they get more profit from the box office. See the, the see the thing here is like, I think you and Rob and myself, Rob, like you said, you worked in movie theater for how many years? Uh, at least six. Yeah, six years, I think. Which I saw Monsters vs. Aliens at. So I might have bought some shit from you during that time. Is Monsters vs. Aliens with yeah. Reese Witherspoon, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Stephen Colbert, uh, the guy from oh, the house. Hugh Laurie? Yes, I get it. Oh, uh, Will Arnett. Um, anyway, regardless, it's a great. It was a great theater. Regardless, it's if you are a big fan of the cinematic experience, you want to go to the movies to see it, to see it, no matter what. This is for me personally, and my wife. We are date night. Always, so we go to a movie and dinner. But it's interesting to see if that's everyone's experience. The com is filled with, with writers that love going to the theaters to see film. Mm-hmm. 
And this could be a new release, or this could be a re-release, remastered release. But we will go to the movies to see theater. To, I'm sorry, we go to the theaters to see movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I meant. No, he did. But <laughs> for the everyday person, like, you know, is it or have we been spoiled by the binge watch, by Netflix, by Hulu, by Amazon Prime, and all these streaming services of sitting on our couch and watching a, a movie or watching a series? So it's very interesting to see where we're going to go from here. And I don't think we actually know. Because right now we're in a pandemic, which, I don't know, unless you were alive 100 years ago, you would have experienced. And let's face it, movies 100 years ago were a hell of a lot different. <laughs> so, we don't know. But let's let's move on to our next segment. Because, I don't know if we're actually going to know a, a, a real answer to this. But yeah. let's go on to our next segment. Which is a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Slice of fried gold. Of course, this segment, we talk about just this little moment on the internet where we just all just were like, hey, you know what's great? This moment. And we're actually going to be talking about one of my favorite things and, of course, Rob's favorite things in the world. And that's World of Professional Wrestling. And that is from this past Wednesday. Al's like, fuck it. I'm going to go BRB. <laughs> and it's going to be talking about the Manitoba Melee from All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, which airs every single Wednesday on TNT. This segment was part of the Bubbly Bunch, which is a which has been a segment for the last two to three weeks. AEW, which is All Elite Wrestling, which airs on TNT, 8-10 p.m. Eastern Time on TNT, like I just said. And um, it's basically a Zoom video uh, conference between a group called The Inner Circle, which is uh, comprised of Chris Jericho, uh, Santana Ortiz, a.k.a. Proud and Powerful, Sarah Guevara and Jake Hager. Rob, I had the, the uh, distinction of sending you this. <laughs> you were quite taken aback by it. What do you think of the Manitoba Melee? To just to give a little, um, uh, I guess, a for, a background on it, uh, there's a clique called the Inner Circle in AEW featuring those uh, talents I just mentioned. And it's basically a Zoom conference or Zoom video of all these talents talking about certain things. Uh, this uh, Manitoba Melee was uh, to sharpen the strength of the inner circle. And it featured quite a number of people you might recognize from the world of pop culture. As I watch Al eat, uh, is that a cookie just baked? It looks like it's a good cookie, too. Look at that smile on his face. Nice bitch. What is that cookie? That's a really good cookie. What's Do you have milk? Of? What's it made of? Actually. No, I have wine. <laughs> no, no, no. You gotta tell me what the cookie is. Oh yeah, this is um so uh Kodiak cakes. They Perfect. are uh, if you're into pro- working out and liking carbs. Yes. Pro- protein uh they make protein waffles and pancake mix. Yep. They uh 
on the back of the mix, they give you a recipe to make uh, protein chocolate chip cookies. And I made them for the first time. They're banging. Nice. Um, they said to do, uh, I think, 8 to 11 minutes. Don't. 15 minutes. Perfect. Uh, 15 minutes on 350. These are perfect. Nice. It looks like a fucking English muffin you're eating right now. Not a Wookiee cookie, though. Not no. a Wookiee cookie? Unfortunately. By the way, Rob, what's the website you can find those, those things on? Uh, it was, you know, I think the Disney Dining Facebook posted it. Um, they must have been bringing those to, like, Disney World with, like, the blue milk, you know, from Star Wars. So maybe it was, oh, like, yes. make your own at home or something like that. Ah, uh, so good. So, Rob, tell me about your thoughts about the aforementioned Manitoba Melee. Uh so first of all, this is great. You know, we're seeing a lot of these social media trends right now, which which I love. You know, a lot of the local bands. I'm working on one right now. Shameless plug uh, with the local bands doing the Don't Rush Challenge. You know, we're getting into our stage gear and stuff like that. I did one with a lot of the local indie wrestlers, uh, Mike Orlando, Serpentico, a lot of these these guys that I love, and uh, they made it really exciting and fun. So to see the inner circle do it now, this is a different. This is not the Don't Rush Challenge. This is something different that I see kind of growing in fact i think it was al who shared the one with the uh with like uh i don't want to say the chicks the the ladies from like killed <laughs> and all that right yeah and, it, was uh, like the, it was like all badass females so basically good. it started that one, by, may, that one may have been even better i'm sorry to interrupt man but no you're good and better yeah, the whole inspiration i think was a, a bunch of stunt men on, oh, the stuntman the one was great. Yeah, so the, the they did that, and then uh, Zoe Bell, the well, we've famous... We've on com. Yeah, Ooh. who's awesome. Obviously, if you've seen any of the... Uh, any Tarantino movie, basically, he's she like... Was in, she was Uma Thurman's stunt woman in Kill Bell Correct. 1 and 2. And then she was, she was, she was in, in Grindhouse. Grindhouse, uh, Death Proof. And she's the uh, uh, Kurt Russell's wife in uh, Once Upon a Time. Yes. If she was. Oh. Yes. Yeah, because uh, she's like the stunt man's wife, who's also a stunt man. I don't know. Whatever. doesn't matter. So she got a bunch of people together. It really should be the slice of fried goal, but it was so recent. Shut your uh, it was bad. It's wrestling. I know. But just a quick plug on this. It's uh, She got like a bunch of kick-ass females together um, and to do basically that exact thing. Um, but it's like her and Halle Berry, Margot Robbie, um, oh, uh, Rosario Dawson, Rosie Perez. Uh, it was really cool. Oh, uh, Cameron Diaz. I was like, she's still alive. That's cool. Well, it, it was. Good. It was so good. Uh, the Inner Circle one was was good too. But the one Al had shared, I forget what the name of that one. It was like the bar. Uh, I can't remember what it was. But um, Al again. Yeah. He's looking it up. Um, but the inner circle one really good as well. I love it's so funny with Jericho, man, because he can do anything like he's right. I think he's having a Saturday night night special uh, right now yeah. with Fozzie. Probably. He's doing everything. We're, man. we're uh, actually rivaling rivalry. Oh, fuck it. We're, we're his opponents right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that doesn't look good for us right now. But uh, you obviously shameless plug. You know, we got to do the name drop as always. Uh, Bill did interview Mr. Chris Jericho on popbreak.com. Uh, good dude, and uh, his band Fozzie's awesome, come a long, long way, doing really great. Uh, but this video was so funny because he's on the treadmill, like in full gear. Bill, I'm getting one, you one of those bandanas, by the way, Le, Le Champion uh, bandanas. I think you could totally rock that. Um, and I'll wear I popped... next podcast if you, if you listen <laughs> yes. to me. I popped pretty big um, 
for Jay, Jay Muse, who I, I've seen around Red Bank here and there. Uh, nice dude. And then when Silent Bob came on as or Kevin Smith as Silent Bob and does like the look and the get up and the headbutt or whatever he did, I, I marked out, which is a term we use in wrestling. But uh, I popped big for that. So I really enjoyed it. And I hope to see more of them. But the one that Al shared uh, actually took the cake. Yeah. Well, so the, uh, for, for people who don't know. So, like I said, AEW, it's on TNT every Wednesday night from 8 to 10. They have a segment called the Bubbly Bunch because Chris Jericho, had, who is a legendary pro wrestler, who even Al would probably know. It, I love Chris Jericho. Of course. Um, oh, he's a podcaster. He's a wrestler. He's a musician in the band Fozzy. He's been interviewed twice on the Pop Break Deck on both times by this gray-bearded son of a gun. Is, and he's been he's been a wonderful interviewer every time. Uh, you know, they due to the social, social distancing, due to the fact that wrestling, you know, they can't have a lot of people. Uh, AEW has uh, done a I think a great job, as well as WWE, and not criticizing anyone here, of doing a shows every week, and they do a Zoom video segment called the Bubbly Bunch because Chris Jericho was known for his comment a little bit of the bubbly, which became a crazy meme on the internet for pro wrestling fans and in the pop culture. He even has a champagne, uh, which is curated and produced by Stephen Amell from Arrow. Uh, from his, um, his Knocking winery. Point. What's it called? Knocking Point. Knocking Point nice. wineries. And so he did this thing with his group, The Inner Circle. Like I said, Santana, Ortiz, Sam Guevara, Jake Hager. And they did this whole thing over there a week before. They did this faux TikTok uh, challenge called Flim Flame. And uh, which Al was like, what the fuck is Flim Flam? Well, they keep talking about it. Like, it's like they can't use TikTok, so they use that. That's funny. So in this video, they had Vicky Guerrero from WWE. They had Lou Ferrigno, who was the Incredible Hulk. Comedians like uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Brad Williams. They had um, one of the guys from uh, Tiger King was on it. And I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he is towards the end. He was the guy who owned all the strip clubs, who worked with the guy who took over for Joe Exotic, who I always Amazing. try and forget his name. Um, Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe. Uh, he was a guy, I remember the guy, the guy was very hefty, who had the beard, who was like kind of turned state to evidence and recorded all of them. He was like yes. Jeff Madison or something like that. Is he, not the guy on the, the jet ski, right? Yes, the guy on the jet ski. That's it. That's all you got to say. He was in the video. He was in oh, this wow. video we're talking about. That's, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't like, even notice him. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff, and they just basically did this whole like fight over over Zoom, and it ended up at AEW. So that's what we're talking about. It. it was a lot of fun. It's basically one of those things, like, does it forward Anything within the world of professional wrestling, the answer unequivocally, no. <laughs> is does it make people laugh and forget about all the bullshit we're dealing with right now? Unequivocally, to me, yes. Now, Al, because it had Jason Mewes, because it had Kevin Smith, who have both been on AEW before the first episode. Yeah. And you are the not, as compared to Rob and I, the non wrestling fan of the group. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of this video? Um, it's funny because I was a huge wrestling fan when I was younger. I loved, I loved WWF when it was WWF. 
Um, now give us the time period. Oh, great. Uh, this is it's okay. So they had merged with WCW. So two thousand one. Yeah. So I had I was big into that, like Rob Van Dam and all that. Um, our, yeah, Rob Van Dam. Yeah, and, as uh, we all point to ourselves with thumbs and fists. Yes. And um, and um, what's his name? Jeff. Hardy. I don't want to. I don't want to mess it up, but it's 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 uh, five time, five time. Booker T. WCW champion. Which, by the way, Booker. I was watching before all of you in Global Wrestling Federation, and then WCW because old and huge nerd. So. Um, I'm trying to. I don't know if it was another merger. It was like right around the time. So NWO came back. Yes. Um, it was probably a little after that. Yeah, early, I missed Cena. Like I aughts. totally. I was right, be, right before Cena. So Rob, Cena, you were a little later. Yeah. So I started. Uh, I guess what they call the ruthless aggression era, which is what um, Al is roughly talking. Yeah, well, because like Mike had, Mike and I, you know, Vac for the site, we know Vac. Michael um, Vacchiano, who just human wrote a Robert. review on the Better Saw Call finale. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Better Call Saul. So, Better so call real quick. Saul finale. <laughs> so we've been best friends since we were four years old. He always watched wrestling. Uh, like, I played the video games, and, like, we always played with the action figures growing up. And yesterday, yeah. no, just kidding. Uh, I played with the action figures growing up. But I was, like, never into it. I was like, ah, oh, it's fake, man. It's fake. It's fake. And then we were in college together, and he was watching it. And I saw Rey Mysterio jumping around, and I was in. Of course. Yeah. So, Al, what did you think of this I- segment? I thought it's, I mean, listen, Jericho is basically a comedian. Like he's, he's so, he's so multi-talented. Like he's, it's funny because him and uh, Kevin Smith have become good friends over the years. Good friends in our interview, which we came at the end of December. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, when I wrote it was the end of December, uh, 2019 talked all (laughs) about working with Kevin Smith on his, one of his movies and just how much he loved working with him. Yeah. He's, um, he's. He's in Jane Silent Bob uh, reboot as a cameo, and yes. then he has a role in Kilroy was here, which Kevin I think did. He's a major role. In that one. He is a major role. It's like I think there's it's multiple stories. Yeah, he's I think the narrator. He's, yeah, all right. So he's yeah, also he's a, a narrator. If anyone is a wrestling fan, listen goes to Dark Side of the Ring season two. There you go. Um, so yeah, I just I've, I've always been a fan of Jericho since I used to watch him wrestle until and and now because he's he's one of those people who's like he can't stop doing things and he always wants to find the next thing to do whether it's podcasting or becoming more of like a face of wrestling yes. than a wrestler um, and and you know dabbling into movies and stuff too he's he's very Kevin Smith esque in terms of like uh, you can't just label me as one thing so anything he's involved with I'm I'm kind of in. Uh, and then just doing, you know, a play off of uh, what we initially talked about, this like stuntman challenge and bringing people that I did not know were like big into wrestling. Like you mentioned, uh, Brett Williams and uh, Fluffy. I had no idea he was a, a big wrestling fan. And yeah, okay. of course, seeing seeing Jay and Bob uh, anywhere, you know, they've they have so many cameos in the, the strangest things, whether it's AEW or Degrassi, um, you know, <laughs> they've been in everything. So. Uh, I, you know, just more fun things for us to not think about what's actually happening around the world. I'm all for it. I'm very happy that Al liked something that happened 
in the world of wrestling because Rob and I are both huge nerds in the world of wrestling. So yeah. let us transition from there until our music in a time of quarantine. Yeah! Always live. Always, Always live, live, folks. Never recorded. It's no. basically our recommendation to you guys to, to listen just some cool shit during the time of quarantine. Rob, you're our esteemed guest. You've changed positions because we're all seeing this all over video. It's like God is behind you right now. Tell us, what would you recommend people to listen to their music in the time of quarantine? All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you one uh, kind of national act, and then I'll I'll throw a plug at a, at a local band as well, if that's okay. God that damn it! Like only I'm allowed to do that, but for this, since I'm the host, <laughs> yeah, you can go for it. This is this is why I asked permission first. Um, so under uh, I shouldn't say underrated, but a band that I, I think should just get a lot more attention right now nationally. I saw them open for me first, and the Gimme Gimme's oh, last year so at the amazing. Stone Pony. Oh, they're so good. But they open for them, another punk rock kind of band. Uh, kind of no effects but you'd like this, Bill. They have a gimmick, uh, and it's Masked Intruder, and they all wear, like, the ski oh, masks. And, uh, that's Jewish great. I've spun them at least two years in a row at Pop Popular okay. Christmas Show every December in Asbury Park. Good. Dude, you know the deal. But so good. Um, the album is called Love and Other Crimes. Great album name. And then um, the track is called... Beyond a Shadow of a Doubt is a good starting point for them. Great band. Kind of like no FXE, old school, pop punky with a gimmick. I don't know. It's really good. And it's almost got like a shooby dooby Motown kind of barbershop quartet aspect to it, too. It's really, really good. And we, was and I, I, am, I am remiss to remind everybody that Rob is a musician himself, a drummer. So when he recommends something... Pay attention to it. He knows what he's talking about. And a local band real quick. Got to give a shout to our friends at Roulette. They just released their single Cataclysm. Uh, You can see the video on YouTube right now. Awesome. You can check out Roulette and multiple stories on them written by Rob on thepopbreak.com. Rob, always a good brother. You know, a guy who has, you know, really cut his teeth on the Asbury Park music scene. But we've planted our flag, so... Always appreciate that, Rob. Thank you so much. Al, what, like, I, I like almost yeah, grimace to imagine what music you're going to recommend this week. Although I, I'm, I'm completely full of shit because you've been good so far. All right. Well, this one's going to be fun because it's not often you get to say, listen to this new song that came out 15 years ago. So, yeah, um, also completely going against our rules, but you know what? Who cares? <laughs> Well, technically, no, because it's new to our ears, but it's an old... a couple days ago, um, which is irrelevant to when people listen to this, Time but um, it's exactly. exactly. Um, so Noel Gallagher of Oasis fame and Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, is, he does um, not surprise me now. I know. So <laughs> he put out a tweet and, you know, all over social media, um, just like a note to fans. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Um, like the rest of the world, I've had infinite time to kill lately. So I thought I'd finally look and find out what was actually on the hundreds of faceless unmarked CDs. I've got lying around in boxes at home. I did so 
As fate would have it, I stumbled across an old demo, which I thought I which I thought had been lost forever. As far as I'm aware, there's only one version of this song out there from uh, an Oasis soundcheck in Hong Kong about 15 years ago. I'm not sure whether the soundcheck version predates the demo, as there's no date on the CD. So um, they found us. He found a song called "Don't Stop." Which is a, a Noel? Uh, wow, Jesus, I can't talk either. Um, it's a it's a Noel, like on lead vocals, which is not uncommon, but it's it's more. Uh, it got me more excited. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, uh, basically, an original Oasis song that we've never heard from um, when they were still together. Um, again, it's a song that's been out and about, but again, it was on. Um, it was in a sound check. So this is a legit demo that they recorded. It's called Don't Stop. Uh, it's available streaming everywhere. It's really good. Um, like a lot of and most of Oasis's songs. I'm a huge Oasis fan. We've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. Um, but it's strange. like literally in life. It's strange because you, that, you, that doesn't happen often. Like they'll say like, oh, well, here's the demos of – all these songs that you know, like when they do like a big like 20th anniversary yeah. of like OK Computer, they'll be like, hey, here's every version of, uh, you know, fucking Karma Police, whatever. Um, I'm not a Radiohead fan. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so that that's common. Like they always save that kind of stuff. But the fact that he has literally hundreds of unmarked CDs, I, I can't imagine what he has uh that we have not heard he did a he did a whole album uh pre high flying birds with um which i think one song from it from it became a high flying birds song but he did a whole album with a collaboration with like a famous producer that never saw the light of day and he said that like last year oh he found that in a drawer like he doesn't even know what the fuck he has. He's sitting on gold. I mean, that is very on brand for a Gallagher brother. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, the last time I can even think of this happening was when uh, years ago, and I think I put it on a um, end of year list for Pop Break, was when Pink Floyd came out with a new album that they took all the old material from the Division Bell that never made it, and then they came out with... Uh, like basically an instrumental album as like a, um, as a tribute to to one of the late members. Like that was right. the last time I could think of like something like this happening where uh, a band that isn't together anymore brought out new music for the first time. And I was just like, this is fucking cool. So I'll just to circle back. The name of the song is don't stop. Can we find it anywhere online? You can find anywhere uh, that he he has released it's under it. Oasis. Yeah, it's under Oasis. Uh, it'll be like the most recent single uh, posted, like uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. It's, oh, are, it's, you, uh, are you an Oasis guy? Oh man, uh, they got some really good songs in terms of music. Yeah, uh, some some friends of mine are like huge Oasis fans. They have some good songs, but as humans. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some stories. I yeah. also see this. Uh, it's just we also do this on video. I see like no parking except for Bob on the background, which is hilarious. That's pretty funny. I, you know what? Through Al's uh, <laughs> coaxing and badgering, I have become yeah. more of an Oasis fan. I always like the one song by them. It's called "Fucking in the Bushes." It was off the Snatch soundtrack. 
one of my all-time favorites. It's a quasi-instrumental. Go find it. It's amazing. That is really my good song. choice for this week will be a little off the track. It is from one of the most popular bands of all time. It's called Living in a Ghost Town by the Rolling Stones. Ah. So it has a little bit of uh, a flair from Ghost Town by the Specials, which you can hear on uh, the Shaun of the Dead soundtrack. We can hear from Shaun of the Dead, the movie. Um, as someone who enjoys a lot of early, like 60s uh, Rolling Stones stuff, this is probably one of the best new original things the Stones have produced as a band in a very, very, very long time. It has that vibe from the specials, but it also has that vibe from old school Stones, but somehow has a modern relevancy given from the um, title song due to our time in quarantine. It's just a good-ass song. If you're an old, if you're a classic rock so- fan, if you're a Stones fan, or if you're a rock fan, you're looking for something new, you're looking for something cool, definitely check out this song. Like it, it took me by surprise because a lot of the stuff that's come out from the Stones, gosh, since the '90s, has been like, and so this song, I was very surprised that it was it, it engaged me. And it's some really relevant lyrics and just the, the music itself harken back to the old school vibe of the Stones, but it felt very modern, which is very different from what we've heard from the Stones for a very long time. So since I was the last person to go, we are going to transition into our watch list segment. This segment is a segment where we recommend to you guys a movie or a, a series that we think you guys would just totally dig on right now during your time of quarantine. Rob, you're our esteemed guest. What is a series or movie that you're going to recommend to people during this time of quarantine? Am I going to break the rules if I do a series and a movie? Well, goddamn, brother. You've done enough work for us over the years. You you sure as shit can break the rules. Awesome. Uh, And I appreciate that. You could tell I'm drinking by just letting you do this. I, hey man, I'll, I'll take. What I, I, I'll, I'll I'll just like, like, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> Whatever. I'll take what I can get here. So, in terms of series, actually, I'll start with movie first. Uh, just easy. This is everyone knows this. Forgetting Sarah Marshall can watch it a million times. Everybody oh, watches. Yeah, you guys so, both so did the good. same. No one, I know the podcast. Your guys heads both went back at the same time in the same way. It was very strange to watch. It's very funny. Uh, it's dude, so good. I was in. I remember going to Hawaii. Then going to L.A. and then seeing the the billboards in L.A. for Sarah for getting Sarah Marshall when it came out, and I was just like, "This is perfect. This movie is amazing." So I'm gonna obviously change my album to the Infant Sorrow album, which I actually no, do. No, no, go into uh, go into go into I, that movie, I mean, man. Tell us about why you're recommending this. Oh man, I mean, I think everyone's been through that situation man and it was based on a true story um you know also his you know getting his heart broken finding new love and diving into his creative process with the obviously the puppets and the dracula musical i mean the things that are coming out of my mouth right now is just amazing and then 
I'm not huge on Russell Brand, but oh my gosh, like Aldous Snow is amazing. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. Like not just the Infansaro stuff. Um, so my I question could... to you before you go on: Have you watched Get Him Crime Scene? Which I know how loves. Of course, I have a great movie. I mean, I saw Amazing. it in the theaters. I bought it right away. Um, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I will always use the phrase from Forgetting Sarah Marshall: Six and Midnight." From that, <laughs> amongst many, many others, like Sad Tissues, and there are uh, so many great things like Kunu, cool. Paul Rudd in that movie. Oh my god. He's a saint. He, he's an, he, he should be canonized for that role then alone. The, the cast of that movie is like, it's beyond all-star. Like, it's crazy, crazy, crazy good. You got Bill Hader, Paul Rudd, Russell Brand, Jason Siegel, Kristen Jack Bell. McBrayer. Jack Br- Jack McBrayer, Jonah Hill. Kristen Cra- Bell. Uh, not Craig Robinson. Um, who am I missing, then? Who are you thinking of? Who is No. I was thinking, I was thinking, I I just, when I say Jason Siegel, I automatically start thinking of the recurring people I see in other movies with him. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? No, it's insane. Uh, You know, I always say, like, when life gives you lemons, just fuck the lemons and bail. Like, (laughs) come on. It's it's great. Uh, Excellent pick. Now I want to rewatch it. it it It's like, it was such an easy pick. It's so quotable. Like, we could do this all night. Like, you sound like wait, can she move in? Could you get out? Can she move in? Can you get out? Oh, I know what you're doing. Like, just <laughs> those Skype scenes alone are amazing. Yeah. It's very yeah. true. And uh, get him to the well, Greek. I mean, like, oh, why? Why hasn't P Diddy been in more things? He is why? so good at that. The thing is, like, it's like get him to the Greek is one of those movies that no one appreciated when it came out. Yeah. But now, yeah. We there is a select group of people who are just like that movie is fucking hanging in the Louvre. It's smart. Yeah. It's very That's true. Killer's soundtrack too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very good. Oh, what was I? I mean, I mean, not that since forgetting Sarah Marshall, but getting the Greek when Rose Byrne is with Lars Ulrich as a huge Metallica fan. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot he's in that. Bra- wasn't Brown Rings her song? I, I just always remember from that movie because I have not seen it. Like I've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. There's like a string times. of there's yeah. a string of those movies like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Super Bad, Knocked Up that I've seen like so many times I can't count. Oh, of course, Get Him to the Greek. I think I've only seen a couple times, but the yeah. one thing I'll always remember is Jonah Hill reading a text from P Diddy, and it says, "Where are you? I'm gonna kill you." Smiley face, <laughs> and it's his it's his voice. <laughs> As he's reading it. But that early scene so with Diddy is like Nick Kroll's in that. There's so uh, many famous Aziz. people there. Aziz is in that too. Yeah, Aziz Ansari is in that too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Forgetting Pre- Sarah Marshall is a film yeah. I can go back to Andy. every day. Any, any day. Rewatch value, quotable. It's in my top 10. It's of in my top of all time. Top 10. It's Dude, crap I can, list. I can honestly see that. I can, I, we should make. We should do a special socially distance episode where we where we go through like our top five movies we can sir. watch. Top five movies we can watch every day and not get sick of. Because I think point forgetting break, Sarah point Marshall. Break, point break. Point break. Okay. Cool. Wow. 
Forgetting Sarah Marshall would definitely be a contender. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. For like, 100%. Like, Shaun of the Dead is probably my top. But you know what's right up there, strangely? Moneyball. Good movie. Moneyball he gets on base. great. Moneyball is base. the best fucking sports movie ever. Normally, Sorry. when you, you like, throw hyperbole out there like that, I want to slap you in the face. This time, I just it. want to give you a hug. That's right. Because I, I agree with it. I might go getting... Sandlot for best Sand... sports movie. Sandlot's Sandlot. great. Sandlot's I mean, good, but it ain't no fucking Moneyball. It's no Moneyball. But anyway, Rob. Any movie where Brad Pitt's eating. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, it's, you know, <laughs> you it's go got that Ocean's it. Eleven vibe. Al, for the watch list, what do you got this week? Oh, wait, wait, can I do my wait, series real wait. quick? Yeah. He needs well, to do fudge, a TV show. Fudge, brother. I know we were so excited about forgetting Sarah Marshall. So I obviously, know, I for always my series, get forget. I always get excited for it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, my series, I'm going to go crime scene, scene of the crime, starring Sarah Marshall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. What was the other one? <laughs> pet, I, the pet psychic uh, after credit scene or whatever it was. I forget what it was. Was called. that with Bateman uh, or one of the Baldwins? Yeah, it was. It was Baldwin's in Scene of the Crime, and then the pet psychic, it was Jason Bateman at the end. Yeah. It was like after the credits or whatever. That's so good. Um, but really, for my serious pick, Al, you're going to hate me for this one, and you're going to know why. And the only reason I say you're going to hate me for this is because I've seen your posts on Facebook, and I will be guilty of thinking the same thing, man. You're going to hate me. I got to go with the league. I'm a big fantasy football guy. Well, and uh, you, We interviewed everyone from the league. Did you really? Well, I did, yeah. By we, me now. Really? Oh, you did, Al. I got to yeah. go back and find that, man. Yeah. So who did, um, Al, who did we get from Lee? Oh, we, we interviewed the entire cast um, at New York Comic Con. Um, including Including Manzoukas. Yeah. Um, actually, I think we may... No, no. I think we got everybody. Yeah. We got the entire cast. I actually have a, a signed uh, little league football that they gave out. And uh, the, the whole cast signed it for me. It was really nice. And it's I got so a picture of... It's not as great as when the cast of Impractical, Impractical Jokers gave shit uh, to your wife. Yeah, they recorded a video message to my wife, which is uh, still like her favorite thing that I ever did for her. Uh, and that includes marrying her. Um, true story. I was there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really true. Uh, yeah, but the, the League is... is a, I, I, I hate to keep cutting Rob off. Rob, talk about the league. I, I love that show. That's so good. I'm glad you guys are... I'm, I'm like not boring you guys. I mean, you guys no, are in it. Dude, I'm, we're in I'll, I got a question for you, Al. You said the whole cast was there. I doubt this, but was the Shiva there, and did you Shiva Blast? Uh, there was no Shiva there. I would have Shiva Blast. Listen, Dude. I would I would have been excited just to see uh, the, what's it called? The, um, oh, man, that's going to irritate me. Um, someone just said it to me yesterday, too. The the loser trophy. Oh, the Sacco. The Sacco, yeah, which is uh, the, the uh, <laughs> Nick Kroll's, like, uh, nut face, basically. Um, it's a, it's a great show. I mean, I I give my my life has been uh, consumed by people telling me that I look like Nick Kroll there for the is. last like decade. Um, uh, but I love Nick Kroll. Factually correct. It's factually correct. I love Nick Kroll. Uh, I'm a better I, looking Nick Kroll. Thank you. I mean, I say that. It's not too. saying much. Uh, that is that's mean. Anyway, I, um, I mean, come on. That beard is glorious, Al. Thank you, sir. Uh, and just a little spin-off of uh, Nick Kroll, if you have never seen Oh Hello on Netflix, go watch Oh Hello on Netflix. It's the best thing ever. Uh, yeah, I also feel the like best. The League was almost like a year or two 
or more late because like fantasy football was like kind of hit his peak but like even beyond that his peak and like yeah. i feel like like it ended up getting relegated pardon me to fxx at one point <laughs> that 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 show could have gotten a, a ton more viewers and a ton more fans than it has than the cult following it has right now for for sure i mean you know it was created by jeff schaefer and his and his wife um jeff schaefer i literally just plugged a, i think a few episodes ago he's a co-creator on dave right now with uh, little yes. dicky and he's served on Kirby enthusiasm and stuff the, it, the league is that same concept it's uh, he basically gets a ton of phenomenal improvisers and comedians together and they just make magic like jason manzoukas i'm pretty sure he just says like whatever jason says and like puts it in a script because the most iconic like rafi is the up there top five greatest side characters of all time i have mixed feelings on rafi i he was like you know what it is like he's a little over the time and I mean, that's the whole point he's like yeah. over for me and now but it's like i can't i couldn't stand rafi but now when i watch it back like i can't like not laugh oh, yeah. <laughs> like His, he said he was so, so funny i mean I, talk about a show that like uh, my friend ryan and i quote on a daily basis like you know pocket dogs and anything rafi we <laughs> like it's so good uh bill you would i mean listen as someone who plays fantasy football you should actually like do a deep dive and watch the league it's a I it's know. a my brother-in-law talks about it all the time also it's, i am t- outside of the pop break league out of one year i am terrible at fantasy you are not good but i am way better than you incorrect i won Fuck two you, out bro. of two leagues this year you know not the pop break league wow Bill, I straight up won the pop break league. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. It's, well, is there a trophy? I, mean, like, I got boned by the Sarnecki brothers last year. I had the best team in the league, and then they they they, they found a way to beat me because the Giants sat Saquon Barkley. But, like, you did do very good this year. Every, every football season, I get a text from Mal every single week, like, oh, fuck, I didn't do good this week on my lineup. You know, but you did win this year. I did. I did. You so forget. I guess, fuck it, it's time for my pick. Oh, I didn't get to go my pick. Did you not go? No, we just been talking about the league for a while. My I mean, picks were so good, we were just yeah. Shit, Rob, you've just taken over the podcast. Well, Rob Rob had two great picks. I'm going to do one quick pick, and then, Bill, you can you can take this. I don't want to, I actually don't even want to talk about the like the plot of this Neither movie that I'm recommending. But yeah, go for it. I'm hoping I steal yours, which I don't You're think not. I did because you have not seen this. So um, my pick for this week is a new movie that's on HBO called Bad Education. I did not see this yet. And yeah. I've heard from our former television editor, Matt Taylor. It's pretty amazing. It is fantastic. Um, Hugh Jackman. Always stars. Great. Stars as uh, Frank Tassone. He is a uh, beloved superintendent in Long Island. Um, he is the type of type of superintendent who knows every student. is super like super involved in like trying to make uh, like their district like number one and all of that. Um, there is a there is a scandal that happens within the school. And basically, he does everything in his power to keep the school 
thriving and kind of covers up uh, what's happening. Um, that's little vague and also probably not accurate. I don't want to spoil this movie because it's Film that. Film stars, most importantly, Alison Janney, Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Yes. Those are two, um, two top. And then uh, the woman who was in uh, Blockers, she played John yes. Cena's daughter. Yes, and I was going to talk about her. I can't say her last name for the life of me, so I'm not going to. Um, but she is so good in this movie. Um, she is like, uh, oh, and also Alex Wolf's in it too. Who um, he was in the um, not Fault in Our Stars, but the same author. Oh, the Paper Towns. Wolf. Nat Wolf. I said Alex Wolf. Nat Wolf. Yes, sorry, but Nat Wolf, um, he uh, they they both work for like the student paper, um, so uh, and it's also directed by the guy who directed Thoroughbreds too, which I heard is fantastic. Which we um, reviewed on the Poppery. Yeah, so uh, Bad Education on HBO. Uh, try to not read into any of the re- reviews. Uh, go straight into it. Um, it was very very good. Uh, I don't I don't want to say masterpiece, but it kept me. Pretty entertained throughout. Uh, Hugh Jackman. This is a, an easy, easy Emmy, nom- Emmy nomination for him. You had me at Hugh Jackman. That's right, man. That's all you need. Bill, your turn. I am trying to find the daughter for you right now. I oh, I found that is uh, Geraldine. Of this, yeah, you're not one Nathan. Yes, yeah, no way. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> it probably is, but. My recommendation is a show that I will be reviewing the finale for on thepopbreak.com, and that is Westworld Season 3. It's not a show I've talked too much about on the Pop Break, but I've talked about it on our previous podcast, The TV Break. Um, I think, as someone who's watched Westworld from the jump, this is easily Westworld's best season. Uh, if you were like, oh, God. This show takes forever to get to the point. Season 3 cuts the chase at all times. They hand you a mystery. They give you the resolution, which only leads to more mystery. Which, to me, is great. Um, Aaron Paul was added to Season 3. Aaron Paul has been a godsend to this season. His work in chemistry with Evan Rachel Wood has been phenomenal. Um... If you were a big season of Thandie Newton's character, Maeve, this has been a little bit of a frustrating season for you. But I think what they've done here is they have told a very efficient, very to-the-point, a very compelling season. It uh, By the time this podcast airs, the season finale will have aired. But it's on HBO now. It's on demand if you don't have HBO. Definitely watch this season if you were one of those people who ended season two were like, ugh. I don't know if I like this season. Season three has been great, and you will love it. I mean, obviously, our recommendation is always DuckTales season three. I did not watch the new season. But, Duck, oh, sorry, Westworld season three has been phenomenal. Real quick on Westworld is it's a show that it's like another HBO show that I was like super hyped for watched the first episode forgot to watch the rest of the season uh season 3 or season 1 
one. I did it with Boardwalk Empire too. It's so happened. Boardwalk Empire is a good show to watch the first two seasons, and then you're okay. Uh, the the finale, the final episode was phenomenal. I have to say, like, season one is good. Season two has amazing moments, but it's very frustrating because it, it gives you a lot of these puzzle box episodes. It takes mm-hmm. forever to get to, but season three, they basically are like, cut the shit, play the hits. All right. Well, I will have to check it out because it's a it's a show that I can definitely try to watch during quarantine. Glimmer of hope. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So our Glimmer of Hope is going to be a trailer that dropped on Friday. May 1st. That is for HBO's new series produced by J.J. and most importantly, Jordan Peele. It's called Lovecraft Country. It'll be airing in August, both on HBO and HBO Max. Uh, Al, I'm going to start with you first. Tell me your thoughts on the trailer you just saw for Lovecraft Country. Yeah, so... um... I mean, in a post-get-out world, I'm going to basically see anything that Jordan Peele has his hands on. Um, That is to say, I have not watched Us yet, and mostly because I'm a little bitch, and I'm scared to watch it. Um, Oh, it is intense. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, anything that he's pretty much involved in, I'm in, and like, Abrams kind of knocked it out of the park with the first season of Castle Rock, so like, I know he's talented in terms of like crafting a mystery throughout this just looks like a very creepy fun um and exciting series that hbo is making you know i think bill you and i probably over facebook many times have talked about like post game of thrones what does hbo look like and well, I mean, the the funny thing about HBO, Rob, I don't know if you watch the series, slash, I don't know if you have HBO, is Watchmen was this great, great series, Al. You and I both loved it. Loved. But it's probably only one series, season. Yeah. If, if, if it comes back, it comes back, but it's not like it people won't. are, it's not like people are waiting for the next season of Watchmen where they are for Westworld, but like... There is no Which global for a season four. Yeah, there's no global phenomenon like Game of Thrones that HBO has currently under the belt. They don't have a Stranger Things at the moment. They're trying to find it. They're trying to find their next thing. Uh, Lovecraft Country looks really exciting. It's got a lot of it's it's kind of got a Watchmen esque vibe. Um, I mean, but, it reminds me of The Stranger or like whatever that show was that we saw on um, Jason Bateman was a big part of. Yeah, I'm just, I'm saying that like the talent involved, it's it's gonna be good no matter what. I just don't know if this is their next, It's I don't know if it's the next big thing. I think it's gonna be the next thing that's gonna be um, like word of mouth, basically. It's gonna be what people are talking about online that is going to slowly build and get like a big audience, but it's not like out of the gate. It's going to get something huge, um, which I think is like what you just said. The one with Bateman was something that people found out a few weeks. Yeah. Into. Better, yeah. yeah so I, I think it's another one of those. I think they're still looking for their next, uh, 
the next Game of Thrones, which is probably going to be a Game of Thrones spinoff. Rob, what did you what did you think about this trailer? Uh, I'm going to copy and paste a lot of what Al said. I think he hit it right on the head. Uh, just on paper, you have J.J. Abrams. Um, the other, uh, help me oh, out. The other name. Thank you. I, I, I knew I was going to say um, the other dude. But yeah, on paper, it looks great. I love obviously what J.J. has done uh, with Star Wars. Uh, lost, uh, excluding the very last episode. I still haven't forgiven him for that. Whoa. And all the un- there's that YouTube video I didn't of watch all. It, bro. Sorry, I'm, oh, just okay. saying, I'm just reacting for certain people. There's a YouTube video of all the like unfinished story arcs and unanswered questions in in Lost. But I digress. Uh, it looks really good, and it's kind of an amalgamation of like a little bit of a historical kind of thing that meets kind of. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there, like, a, a beast or a monster or, like, um, what, what were those things? Uh, demi-dogs? Is that what they called them in Stranger Things? Stranger yeah. Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they definitely yeah. revealed that monster very quickly. Very right. Quickly. So, again, it's, like, another thing, like, when we first saw with Stranger Things where they were mixing these genres in a very interesting way. Because Stranger Things, you know, we can talk about how great that show was all day with mm-hmm. the horror elements, with the 80s kids movie elements with that adventure family element and they mixed them all together and it just came out perfectly and after the first season I was like don't make another season it's so perfect and then the next season two was perfect and then season three was really really good Um, again I digress but this is just another thing where we're kind of mixing some interesting genres here on paper it sounds great from the people who are behind the scenes and um, from the trailer it looks good I, I need to see a little bit more but I'm interested to see uh, what they turn out. I look at this series. I've watched the trailer probably four times already. And if anyone was wondering what the song was, which I did on Twitter, it was Land of a Thousand Dances by the legendary Wilson Pickett. I think this has the potential to do very good business for HBO. Do I think this will be, like Al said, the next Game of Thrones, the next extended series for HBO? I don't know. Off the top of my head, like when you saw, but you know, but it's HBO is funny because when we saw the thing for Game of Thrones, a lot of people back in the day were like, uh, "Okay, whatever." Boardwalk Empire was what they were banking on because that was like. Same directors, same producers, and, you know, similar people as Sopranos. And that had more hype, and that had more... And Scorsese. Uh, yes. Thank you, Al. Scorsese was behind that. So, and those first two seasons, HBO was banking on that. I remember being at a bachelor party with my best friend. And on, I want to say Caesars Casino, huge banners were born. Game of Thrones, when I came out, was like, this was a series. And then it became a phenomenon. Do I know or can I predict anything with HBO that's going to be like, whoa, this is going to be a series. Last thing I thought that was going to be a series for them was Watchmen and the way that first season ended, by the way, which I think was perfectly. I don't know if I can predict anything with HBO anymore. I think uh, this Lovejoy Country could be excellent for them. Huge ratings, especially late August. Dead time for television would be huge. 
I don't know if it's going to be a, a multi-season type of thing for them. I'm extremely, extremely excited for it. I love me some Courtney B. Vance. I love Michael, Michael Kendall Williams. Like Courtney B. Vance. You can see his interview on the popbreak.com, but his Shutter series, uh, what's it called, Al? Remind me. Ugh. Wait, no. I know the Shutter series, but who, who are we talking about here? Because I don't know if Courtney we interviewed B. Vance. Him. Did we? No. We interviewed Jude Carl Esposito, who was also in the same series, I think. Oh, um, it's um, Creep Show. Creep Show. That's right. He might not have been in that, but I'm just going to say it was. So, Courtney cool. B. Vance, who you've seen in one million things before, from Crimson Tide to everything up from the, uh, the OJ series on HBO that was produced so by Ryan Murphy, which was amazing. He was Johnny Cochran. Um, this could be a great series. I don't know if it's going to be a long-lasting series for HBO, but it's going to be great. I'm very excited for what they've done with it. Once again, Jordan Peele knows how to manipulate a pop song. In a trailer. And um, I think the one thing that kind of is going to maybe a little bit of a, of a ding for it is it kind of has the same vibe as The Outsider. Where's this weird supernatural thing that's happening that's very vague. It could, people would be like, I've already seen this. And they might write it off, but I don't think we should because it's Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. So... I'm very excited for this series. Two, two, two things before we end this. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the creator of the series, uh, Misha Green. Um, just, just to not to give all the love to uh, Abrams and Jordan yeah, Peele. Um, and then the second thing was, I also got a, a an Abrams uh, Super Eight vibe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm. which I loved uh, when that first came but out. That, that is, it's crazy. I, I feel like Super Eight is referenced a lot, but in different, very in various forms. Yeah. Whether it was with Stranger Things or other stuff, JJ has produced, but not a lot of people talk about that movie. No, because it, it's. I, I feel like a lot of people consider that movie as like, oh, JJ Abrams made a Spielberg movie, which he did. He did a great wrong. job. It's not. But, like, I like that movie because it's like seeing a Spielberg movie. <laughs> Rob, do you see Super 8? I did. I was just going to say, I wasn't actually in love with it, like a lot of people, for whatever reason. I thought, that when the, I saw the trailer for that movie, I'm like, this movie, maybe, like, my expectations were too high. I saw the trailer for that movie, I'm like, this movie looks awesome. And I guess it was just, like, nothing what I expected from J.J. Like, you were kind of saying it was more Spielberg or whatever. So, maybe just, like, I didn't have the right mindset. But to me, I was kind of... I watch it once. I never watch it again. Um, but I, I loved the trailer when it came out. I'd be like, this yeah. is going to be awesome. I see That's an, another podcast idea, by the way, is uh, amazing trailers with not great movies. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 is like <laughs> yeah. top, top, top of the list for me. Great trailer. Uh, listen, I will tell you, this is hard for me to say. As someone who actually likes this movie, the Watchmen trailer... For the movie, oh dude, was so fucking good, so great, and the movie was also very good. I saw mm. it midnight IMAX. I love that movie. It has faults. The ending is not great because it does not do <laughs> the, the the comic book justice. But that trailer, I watched that trailer a million times. Ah, oh, 
the end is the 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 beginning is the end is the beginning by Smashing Pumpkins is the song in it. It's fucking which was from killer. the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Um, I think yes. they were on the soundtrack. Is the song on it? Yeah. Yeah, double, definitely. Double check that because there's two versions of the song. There's the end is the beginning is the end, and there's the beginning is the end is the beginning. So double check that. But anyway, that. That trailer is fucking awesome. We could do a are, whole podcast on. Are we talking about the Smashing Pumpkins song? Say it again. The Smashing Pumpkins song. A, a podcast about the Smashing Pumpkins song, or no, 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 no. that song is from uh, by Smashing Pumpkins. That's a Smashing Pumpkins song, yes. So it's both for Batman and Robin, and a watch. The same exact track. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think I remember seeing a headline about that when the trailer came out. But I again. A, tra- a, a a podcast about trailers that were better than movies. We could totally do that. Like Soccer oh. Punch by Zack Snyder. Yeah, terrible that- movie. Yeah, I was thinking about watching that. I'm glad you said that. This is coming full circle, by the way, because we talked about like the movie going experience and all that. So I was so excited for Watchmen. I actually did go to like the midnight showing or the opening, or whatever. Yeah. And there were a lot of movie talkers. Like, again, it's cool if you react to the movie. Like, I'm all about that. Like we talked about mm-hmm. that earlier. It makes it better. But like if you have movie talkers and all that in a full theater, just like, hey, can you you know all that? I think that kind of ruined the movie for me. And I just wasn't feeling it. I, I know like. That's just the movie experience, or whatever. But I just like I did not love Watchmen as much as everybody else. That being said, I hear like you guys said the series is very good. I got to check it out, dude. I can make that my watch list every week. It's yeah, it's the one of is, the most. The series is it was utterly amazing. It's fantastic. It's it's beyond words. It it, it shattered all expectations. Like it, you uh, watch that trailer and you're like, nothing prepares you in this trailer for what that series. No. Is. No, because they were, it takes you to places that you're just like, oh, I was not expecting this. Yeah, the, and the best. The ending was, is it ends and you're like, oh, I should hate this ending. I should want more season. Blah blah. blah. And you're just like, where they end it? For me, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and the greatest. The greatest thing Dam- Damian Lindelof did with that series is hire like an amazing writers room. Oh, that writers because room he could have Damian Lindelof the shit out of it, and he didn't. Like he's like, I have the idea of what a Watchmen series is, and I need people to take that and make it a reality. And, and we're not did. doing it justice. We're, we're not. Are not we are doing not. justice. How. Al and I, Al and I both watched this, and a number of other people have watched this on the site. It's it's, it's you perfect. have it's to watch it to season understand. Of television. We yeah. say that, but I don't want to oversell it. No, I, like, I, I will watch this. I like, will nothing. oversell it. But for me, <laughs> I, no, because like for you know how I am, Al. Like if someone oversells, I'm like fuck you. I'm not watching. I hate it. And, <laughs> and, but it's just like. I have a hard time putting into words that season of that one season of television of just how much work they put in, especially if you've seen the movie. If you've seen the movie, yeah. you are you have no idea what you're in for with the series. And if you've read the comic book, which I have too, it, but which is the one time I've done it. Yeah, if you read the graphic novel of Watchmen and you're familiar with the universe, this is a uh they made they crafted a, a sequel to it. It takes yeah. it's a sequel 
in essence, in the sense that like the and he said it pre the show coming out the 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 graphic novel is the Bible. Everything happened. This all happened, and now here we are. So he wasn't remaking Watchmen. No, he was continuing it absolutely in modern time, and he found a way to do it. So. Out of the box. I'm not going to start saying but perfect, but amazing. Out of the box, but so, but also like in the box. Oh yeah, like which is weird. weird. I know Rob's sitting here, just like Jesus, yeah, Jesus Christ. And I, I'm wondering how the cast is actually. Does it have a good cast? Oh, the cast is insane. Regina, Regina King. Okay, Regina I'm King in. is all you need. It's really all you need. Regina King in a if she doesn't get nominated, people will riot. Level role, um, and Don, jo- and by have... Don Johnson too. I mean, Don Johnson. It, it's hard to say like, hey, I said Regina King. Regina King was amazing in this series. She's yeah. probably the headliner best performance, but there are so many other great performances. Uh, the the character who plays Doctor Manhattan, yep, um, Jeremy Irons. Like, there's Jeremy so Irons. many great performances in this show. Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, oof, oof. Tim Blake Nelson. Oh, my, my brother. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, my Gene brother. Smart. Gene was Smart was, Gene Smart was great, Smart too. Was so yeah. So, what Rob, was the show we were talking about that we were recommending? And how we got a Watchmen? Uh, we, were talking about Love, we were talking about Lovecraft Country. Fuck it. <laughs> so, guys, before you get into Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, which comes in August, Watch Watchmen. It comes in August. HBO has a hell of a rut between now, because by the time this episode airs, watch uh, Westworld be over. Yeah, there's one hell of a trail between now and August. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, it's it. What is it? Ten episodes? Watchmen. Nine. It's nine. You can do it, guys. It's quarantine. Do it. Yeah, Rob, I, if you need an HBO Now subscription, hit me offline. I got, I got you, bro. I got some, uh, bro. I, I know some people. Thank you, bro. There you go. It's like a mad uh, little thing. It's like, bro. You a legit, you know. That. Bill, I, I think it's time. You got to take us out. We got to take us out, guys. Because we're going to just talk about Watchmen for the for another. Hey, hour. listen, we are here. For, this is one of our shorter episodes. Uh, we're here for the people. That's what we want to tell you guys. Watch Watchmen. So. Uh, Rob, tell us where you can find us, where they can find you, I should, I'm sorry, on the internet. Promote your stuff. Oh, you mean shameless promo? Bro. I'm all about that. You, Bro. Uh, gentlemen, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm a fan of both of your creative endeavors. Um, thank you for making me a part of the pop break where all three of us are just making magic and creating beautiful things and getting to interview, as we mentioned, some of our favorite people in the world. Uh, I think there's bigger and better things to come for all of us. So thank you guys um, for having me. Um, Al, you are welcome on my podcast anytime to talk superheroes. I dig that reverse flash shirt, man. Anytime. Um, I really enjoyed it. You guys can follow me at the Bob Culture Podcast at Bob Culture Pod on Twitter. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. You can find the podcast Bob Culture dot podbean.com yeah rob is one of the good brothers you could find him all the time on the pop break so i mean he's he's been a great he's been a great writer great friend we're 
so honored to have him on the pod this week. Alfred, tell the good people. Uh, You can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and on Instagram. You can check out some of my concert photos. Verified for some stupid reason on Twitter. You know why you're verified on Twitter. I do. That's why. Stupid. So uh, you can also check out a lot of my uh, concert photos on thepopbreak.com. Concerts uh, were this... uh, these type of events that you used to go to where you'd see like wow. bands play instruments live. I know it's, we might have drive through festivals now, dude, I'm in, I'm in. I saw that. I saw that article. So, uh, it was, uh, yeah. some country had a, a, like literally people drive up and the bands played on stage or they were just playing recordings. I, I didn't see that part. Oh, you still be on stage. What's up, Rob? Are you still able to shoot like for the drive up? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I've been uh, so bored that I was thinking about just taking screenshots of all these uh, artists doing, like, live performances on their uh, – <laughs> over Zoom. Uh, it's get it's getting to that point. Uh, but, yeah, you can uh, check out my stuff on thepopbreak.com. And after that long inhale, I would like to tell you to check out thepopbreak.com. Every single day we have great articles about movies, TV, music pro wrestling, comic books. We have podcasts all the time. Check out the popbreak.com at popbreak.com. All spelled on Twitter. Check out the popbreak on Instagram. Check out at pop forward slash popbreak.com. All spelled on Facebook. And most importantly, socially distant podcasts. We are on Apple podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on anchor. And if you want a shortcut, because so many people are like, oh, I'm cool, I'm going to talk about social distancing, type in Bill Bodkin, B-O-D-K-I-N, or spell or Al Manorino, M-A-N-N-A-R-I-N-O. I can Got spell, it. even drunk. There you go. Uh, EOS, put that into Spotify, and you'll find the Socially Distanced Podcast. We've had some yeah. great episodes, just like this one. Thank you for hanging out with us this week. It's an early May We've been barbecuing, we've been drinking, having a good time. So for Rob Crowther, not the one, two, three, but the fourth, Al Manorino, my name is Bill Bodden. Thank you for hanging out.